0: Good evening everyone and welcome to the, the uh, podcast Heavenly Places. I am your host, Jameer along here with Dorothy Carruthers. Welcome again this Thursday evening as we um go through the study this evening. Uh, this this evening we're we're talking about the uh the Passover. We are in the month of April and we're getting close to uh resurrection Sunday, the year, the Resurrection Sunday, which we know that is, and also Easter Sunday. And maybe I might talk about them if I have enough time, but I want to talk about the Passover this evening. Um, Also, remember, before I uh, get into the lesson, if you want to have a a book during this time of... uh, Season of uh, of The Sacrifice Out of Our Lord And Savior Jesus Christ You can also have A book too For free Um You can Send me an email At Dr. Mere J-D-R-M-E-R-E J-A-Y At gmail.com Um And also You can visit My webpage w Dot J-A-M-E-R-E Dot O-R-G And it's a form You can fill out And I will ship you off A book the, The book That I wrote Manifest Destiny Um path towards wisdom so uh, let's go ahead and open up in prayer father we thank you for your goodness your grace and mercy we thank you for your salvation draw draw our hearts towards you father draw our hearts towards your word oh god draw our hearts towards your love father draw our hearts towards your goodness um guide us and direct us father as we go, go through the scriptures this evening with us in this evening um, and protect our friends and family, Father o, guide God, and protect us from harm, harm and danger, help our government, our leadership, Father, whether there's someone on the school board or our president of the United States and everyone in between, Father, governors, mayors, uh, judicial, executive, legislative branches, and help our, our men and women who, who are serving our country overseas and the various countries and and defending the freedom freedom of this nation throughout the land um or throughout the world. We thank you, Father. Protect them, Father Lord, from hurt, harm, and danger. And uh Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's all it's always good to lift up I have uh family members that are in the navy and work for different entities within the government. Um As you never know what they're going through You know being on those boats and the waters And all those kind of things Um, And sure enough they're not watching Television like I am (laughs) They're doing other things But you know what we're in a spiritual army um, That we can pray for them For their protection um, If we're believers And we, we can fight in ways That they cannot fight So that's one thing that's important About prayer Okay, this evening we're talking about the Passover. Many of us are familiar with the Passover. It's a uh, known as a Jewish holiday. If we, if any of you guys seen the movie, uh the, the Ten Commandments movie, y'all you familiar with that one. And some of you guys seen the the Prince of Egypt, you know, the those are like some of the, the common uh I guess worldly or secular uh video movies that people have watched. Uh, in relation to that. And I would like to actually read you the, the scripture for where those uh, movies come from. Um, and it is, one of the scriptures is actually in Exodus, Exodus chapter 12, Exodus chapter 12. And it's a long passage, but it's, it has a lot of uh, important information. I think I'm gonna read down, I'm not going to read the whole, Chapter because it's actually Verses 1 through 51 That's the whole chapter I might read down to verse 14 um, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron In the days of Egypt I'm mean, sorry in the land of Egypt This month Shall be for you the beginning of months It shall be the first month of the Year for you Tell all the congregation of Israel That on the tenth day of this month Every man shall take a lamb according to the father's house, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and the nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to which each can eat, and shall make your, and, excuse, excuse me, to which each can eat, each can eat, and you shall make your count of the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. And when a whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill the lamb at twilight, then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. they shall eat it. Do not eat any of the raw the raw or boiled in water, but roasted but roasted its head with its legs and inner parts, and you shall let none of the remains until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn in this manner. you shall eat it with your belt fastened. Your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. <laughs> it is the Lord's Passover. So there we go, the word Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will be and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now, verse fourteen. I'm just, I'm gonna stop right here on verse fourteen. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statue forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Okay, so this right here, this one through fourteen, I know I I read it out. There's particular parts I want to focus on, but uh, all of these things have meanings. Um, it says don't eat any meat or or the raw or or and boil it in water, but you have to roast it. Um, there has to be a, a lamb this uh, unblemished of one years old, and all these things are specific. It even says uh, with your belt fastened and your sandals on your feet, all these things are um, symbolic, you know, but what I, I really want to focus on is uh, this verse seven. It says, "Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat it. So here we have what they're eating. They're taking his blood and just, I'm not sure if they had like a a cloth or something that they rubbed it on there, but they had, this was like all of these things were specific things that, uh, father God told Moses. And then Moses of course instructed the congregation of Israel that they should do all of these specific, specific things. But it says, uh, this right here, this blood you have to have on a, on a doorpost. And we know that's very familiar because I've, I've mentioned the movies earlier, the Prince of Egypt and the 10 commandments. We, we clearly see that in the movie, but that's specifically, um, as in here in in scripture and a lot of the, uh, the, uh, Jewish people, the Hebrew people, um, people of the nation of Israel, at least those who are, who are religious Jew, Jewish Hebrews. Um, they, uh, they celebrate the Passover. Now I'm not sure if they do the, uh, the blood portion of it, but I know they have like this meal that they, they get together and they do these things during this time. Um, And so from this moment in time, they still celebrate this Passover because we have a, which is interesting. Some translations, And it's verse 13. It says, uh, the blood shall be a sign for you and on the houses where you are. And I will see the blood and I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you. Now, I've seen some passages. It says, like, the spirit of death came over there. But right here, this passage, and most of the translations that I've seen, it actually says that the father God, he was the one who... uh, who was passing over Egypt, and he was the one who was inflicting death to anyone who uh, did not ha- have the blood close, and he was killing the firstborn. Um, and we know as a result of, result of that, it says that both man and animals died, and one of one of the firstborn who who died is, was uh, pharaoh's son, and that's one of the reasons why pharaoh he was just so frustrated and angered. And he just said he couldn't take it no more with everything, like with the locusts and the, and the water, the, the Nile River turning to blood, and the pestilence, the fogs and all these kind of things, and the snow. This thing right here is the thing that I just, I guess, sent Pharaoh over the edge when they took away his firstborn son. And then a whole lot of it is very, very simple. Symbolic of things that uh, are things that we have already known in the past, but at this time of things that are, are to come, the things that have not come yet, because we know that Father God he sent his, his, uh, scripture says he was the firstborn of all creation, um, in the New Testament, talking about Jesus, that, um, uh, as a sacrifice. And in scripture, we know that, uh, many of the scriptures, they call him the lamb. He's the lamb of God, the one who was slain before the foundation of the world, even in the book of Revelations. It talks about that uh, when John went up to heaven. And then it says that no one was worthy to open the book, this book up. You know, and John, he was, this book, a book, I mean, like a book not opening, why would that make you cry and weep? John, he's had some revelations, you know, that we did not have or understand. But this book was a book of uh of judgment, you know, some uh, and only someone in such a place who had done such a great deed or was in such a standing with God could open this book. And without this book being open, uh we cannot be free. We cannot be uh she would see would she would have done all the names and all this kind of stuff Did who who uh who believes in who will believe and accept the Lord Jesus, you know, because that's an eternity, you know, that things are already set, done and and sown and everything is already known here, but we're, we're down here in time. So there's a lot of things uh, that we're going through. that's already done, complete and finished in heaven. And so John seems the end of what was happening and, and all the books and the names and then no one was worthy to open up this book except the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He was only one, and this lamb, and is Jesus Christ, and this right here is like a, a, a foreshadowing the Passover, of, as far as taking the lamb and then having the blood, because we know that once we accept Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that when we leave this earth, whether we 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 be raptured or we die uh, physically, which many people have died. We don't die two times, meaning that we go to heaven either way. We're with the Father. But the people who have not accepted as their Savior, they don't have that blood. So when death passes over them, they die two times. They die in this body, and also they die and they go to hell, and eventually they go to the lake of fire, which means they are... Separated from uh, the Father forever for eternity. That's what Scripture teaches teaches us. And this right here, this Exodus twelve, the Passover. Even though when when you're in the moment, when the, when the nation of Israel was in this moment, it was just basically about all the firstborn being killed, and them the Spirit of God going over them and killing them. And because they had the blood, blood on the doorpost, then none of them was harmed. And eventually they would, they were freed and they were allowed to leave Israel. I mean, I'm sorry, leave uh, Egypt. Pharaoh said, okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm tired of this. Y'all go ahead. And then, of course, Pharaoh quickly changed his mind. He sent the army after them. But then, of course, our father, God, miraculously parted to sea. him. The people uh, went over, and then it closed behind them, and Pharaoh uh, wasn't able to come after him, after them, because it's the sea parted. Now, there's there's many uh, different interpretations of that. Some people said that the Pharaoh's army was washed up by it, and I believe some of them wasn't then but some people actually teach that Pharaoh was not one of the victims of it, and he was forced to live the rest of his life suffering and seeing the prosperity of Israel. Now, I don't know which one ever is the case. I don't know. But the important thing about it is that God, he honors the, the promises that he He gives to his people um, as far as deliverance, miracles, um, and freeing his people. And that's something that, that we are the look. Back to and say, oh wow, God, He's honoring these promises. And um, verse fourteen it says, uh, "This day shall be you for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, as a as a statue forever." You shall keep it as a feast, and in verse sixteen says, Se- seven days you shall eat unleavened bread." And on the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses, for if anyone for if anyone eats with his leaven from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. And on a on the first day you shall hold a holy assembly. On the seventh day, <clears throat> a holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days. But what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared by you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this very day I brought you, I brought you, for on this very day I brought your host out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statue, I mean, yeah, statue forever, in the first month from the fourteenth day excuse me in the first month from the fourteenth day of the month at evening you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty first day of the month at evening, for seven days no leaven is to be found in your houses. If anyone eats with his leaven, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whatever he is, a sojourner or native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened, and all your dwelling places you shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select for yourselves according to your plan, and kill the Passover lamb. Um, so that's going on. I'm reading some more of that verse. I want to skip down a little bit. Um, verse 29. At midnight, the Lord struck all, and this is still in Exodus 12, 29. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the captive, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, and he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house. Where someone was not dead because this the firstborn it's not just like the child, like you could have been an adult as the firstborn. So there's like no one there was someone was taken in poverty in some places. Maybe the father and mother was the firstborn and then one of the kids was first born, so two people could have died, you know. So a lot of people were dying as the Lord passed over the children of Israel, but the people of Egypt they did not get passed over. And then in verse thirty one it says, Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Go up from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flock and your herds as you said said and be gone and bless me also. So Pharaoh was like, Hey, you guys get out of here but by you guys leaving it's gonna it's gonna bless me because I won't have all these these plagues and curses because just imagine losing your firstborn and your neighbor losing his firstborn and your cousin and everybody else's and then it's it's just it's just gotta be this has a great cry in Egypt. Um that had to be a very, very, very horrible evening for the Egyptians. But at the same time for the household of Israel, it had to be like, wow because they have been in Egypt for over 430 years, and they seen this, I mean, they seen the snow, the falls, and all these kind of things going on, and the locusts and the river turning to blood, then this just was like a cherry on a cake. And I'm sure that they, they wasn't rejoicing that the people of Egypt was dying. I don't believe that, but I believe they was rejoicing that God is faithful to his promises for their for their own deliverance. And so this this uh Passover that was celebrated from this moment on and on and on. So we have who were the people who were after uh Moses? David, he celebrated, um, uh, Solomon, celebrated Gideon, um, Jonah, any people from the house household of Israel, um Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, all these people were celebrating, and guess who else was celebrating it? Um, Jesus was celebrating Actually, the week that he was crucified, he was celebrating it, and uh, they call it uh, the Last Supper. Well, it's, not, it's known as the Last Supper, and it's uh, one, one of the passages that's recorded in It's actually in uh Matthew chapter twenty six. I um, want to read that one to to you. I know I'm reading a whole lot of passages, but it says in Canaan Pass. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, "You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified." So he's talking about hey, during the same time the Passover is the feast of the Passover is going on. And guess what? I'm going to be crucified. The Son of Man is going to be crucified. Um, so let me, I'm going to read a little bit further down um, in verse 17 of this chapter, Matthew chapter 26. And he said, go into the city to so such a man, saying to him, the master saith, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. And when that, and when Eden was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as and as they did eat, he said, "Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me." Now, verse nineteen it says, "They appointed on they made ready the Passover." So, everything that in Exodus twelve that uh, they talked talked about, as far as like the lamb being in one year and all these kind of things, it had to be roasted. So that's what uh, Jesus sent them to go. They, they go prepare like y'all normally do. And after they prepared it, so now they're down here Eden. He says, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began, every one of them saying, Lord, is the eye as the eye. And he answered and said, He that dip his hand with me in addition is saying that that is who shall be, be, betray me. And the Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto the man by whom the son of man that it betrayed, it had been good for him, that man that he had not been born. <clears throat> and when Judas was betrayed him answered and said, Master, it is I, it is I, and he and he said it to him, thou hast said I'm sorry I read this different translation. Um and then he took the cup and gave and gave thanks and gave it to them, and saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed, and for many other remissions of the sin. But he said unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So one of the very interesting, a lot of interesting things. So we have uh, many churches. They celebrate. They call this a communion, where they they celebrate this right here, talking about the blood and the bread. You have that celebration going on. But um, right here in verse twenty nine, Jesus is, is instructing them. He says, "I say to you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom." Um, so I read that part or whatever because it said, "Well, should what should we as Christians um, should we be celebrating?" The Passover, as as the Hebrews do, because a lot of people they get really, really, very, very, very religious, and saying that um that we have to celebrate this thing, that we that we have to celebrate this holiday, if we um, and they want you to do all these types of things, and it was a it was a bit debate about that even in the early church, um, about doing certain things and not working on certain days and the Sabbath and all these kind of things and all these things got kind of mixed up all lumped up together and from my own personal pain and study of, of it I don't believe it matters if you celebrate the Passover or not but I do one thing I do believe coming from this verse 29 I believe this is something the Passover did will be even though it's it's called a Jewish holiday here some of those holidays like Hanukkah and all those kind of things those are Jewish holidays but then we have certain um, and I believe this is one of them where it's not a Jewish holiday it's actually our father in heaven it's something that he celebrated or he celebrates and he just because the Jewish people are his chosen people he allowed them to be one of the first people to celebrate it But I believe that's it's actually our father's celebration or our father's feast. It's not the Jewish feast. Even though they take it as theirs, it's not theirs, but it's a symbol of feast to all of God's people. And I believe even in heaven, we will be celebrating the Passover. Not, we won't be just celebrating specifically for like the freedom out of Egypt in a sense of uh, when they first left Egypt. When, the, when they was in bondage back in Exodus when Moses had freedom, or when we celebrated the Passover in the sense of us leaving our own Egypt or us leaving the world and going in, or leaving the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light because the blood that was on the doorpost in Exodus was the blood that was on a cross on Calvary. And it's, it's the blood for for all of us. It's when death, death, uh even though it's in the Old Testament, when um, it says that we should walk, they we talking about we should walk through the valley of shadow of death. But well, it's like death is passing over us; the shadow is passing over us because we don't die. Or even when Paul says, uh, "Oh, death, where's your victory?" Or oh, death, where's your sting? Or grave, where, where's your victory? Or death, where, where's your victory? in, in Corinthians, and Paul was right in that because death it comes, but it doesn't come to us believers in the same way. Because death always, as believers, pass over us. You know, we might have, have believer, good Christian friends who died of cancer or died in a battle and war, and in a physical realm, like my grandmother, she she died. I've seen her. I've seen her put a, put in the I've seen her put it five feet down. But guess what? Death still passed over her because she was a, a believer and covered by the blood that was on Calvary. And if death, the real death, passed over her. And right now, she's in heaven with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with Moses, you know. So um, the Passover is something, I don't believe is something that is required for us. Like, oh, you're not a real Christian, you're not real, whatever, if you don't celebrate it. But I believe when we're in heaven, when it's all said and done, this is one of the, it's going to be, I mean, we're going to have eternity, you know, (laughs) to celebrate. So I believe this is going to be one of the things. We're gonna be celebrating forever, because we would not be there without the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so, if you if you want to celebrate it, and I know many believers and Christians who who do celebrate that this Passover time during this time. Um, so it's good it's good to celebrate that. And a lot of times we we don't do that part, and we we like to get stuck in the the hallmark. Types things with the Easter basket, the Easter egg, the Easter Easter bunny, all those types of things, and those things—none of those things are actually to scripture at all. But we, as believers, we we tend, especially here in America, we tend, and probably all the West Western society, society we lean towards that way. And Hallmark has made a lot of money. Out of that and, and uh, all of those chocolate companies and those, and I, I must admit, I do like chocolate bunnies and um, jelly beans. Those, even though I don't eat as many as I used to, actually I kind of wait till after Easter because I know they go on sale, so I get very, very good discount on chocolate bunnies. Um, I'm not trying to say you don't don't get those things, but don't let those things be the focus. Okay, it's all it's all about the blood. Okay, it's all about the blood. It's, it's not about the lamb that we're eating. Even if you're celebrating the other side, it's about the, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But it's about the ultimate sacrifice. That's that's what it's about. Because even if you're celebrating the Israel, you can get stuck in all those type of traditional ways too. And you got you got to remember that those are just all symbolic symbols of the the ultimate sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because death has passed us over as a people if we accept it and believe in him. That's what the that's what the Passover was about. Even another scripture I wanna give you I forgot about it um is uh, Colossians chapter two verse seventeen, it says Therefore let no one judge you by what you eat or drink or with regards to festival, like a new moon or a new Sabbath and all these kind of things. Because these are a shadow of the things to come. But the body cat the body that is cast belongs to Christ. So a lot of these things that people are celebrating is specifically talking about the Jewish people, like, hey, you all you're not celebrating this, you're not doing this and that. Well all of these things are basically symbols, all the things in the old testament are symbols to to Christ. You know, they're just a shadowing of Christ who who came already. He's already came and guess what? He's coming again. So we still kinda sense of in it in the shadow of other things. So all these things we're doing are still symbols of what's to come. Like even when people get married, that's not something they see eternal. It's just like a symbol of of what the real marriage is. It's just help us to understand it better, to wrap our minds around it. Like when a woman marries a man, even though that's very satisfactory down here, but it really it's just a symbol. It's like uh, like on a birthday. Like If your father gives you a toy truck, it's not a real truck. It's just like a symbol of a toy truck. But it's kind of gets you prepared to understand, okay, what a truck does when you're younger. And a lot of these things are shadows and symbols that help us understand what the real things are. So when, a, when we, as the bride of Christ, like the marriage is down here, we're not going to be married in heaven. These are just all symbols. So this Passover is just a symbol, like the, the ones that the, the Hebrews we celebrated it was a symbol of the, of the precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then since we're still in that symbolism and we're not really going to know and experience it, even though we are experiencing it, but when we get our new bodies, then we're going to have a whole new understanding of what it means because we'll then we'll be passed over from that death. Passover from that death, you know, into real life. So as you come into this uh Easter season, resurrection season, Passover season, I want you want you to think about these things and what the real focus is. Because um, Easter is I, I I believe it's April the twenty seventh, Resurrection Sunday. I don't like to call it Easter I like to prefer to call it Resurrection Sunday, but April the twenty seventh and the Passover is actually being celebrated I believe it's April the 19th through April the 27th, so actually they kind of like cross over this year almost on the same time. They're ending that around the same time. So um, that's all I I have for that. Um, Dorothy, Dor- did you have anything you want to say or add to it?
1: Uh, I know I like to celebrate Passover, but I take communion. I don't do this either. Um, and, and it is something to me it's important to keep it in our mind at this time of the year because it, it is I think that it's going to reoccur at the end of the end of the end the plagues are going to come back and we're going to need to be passed over by the deaf angel yeah. you know yeah. so I like to I just like to you know remember it you know yes. Yeah. because it, it it brings me such a pleasure and joy to think about that time that is coming and the time that has been you know it's just i get yeah. mushy
0: and and one <laughs> and one thing you just mentioned I forgot I wanted to mention too is like whenever we do like communion that's like a form of passover so and it says process to, to do this often so sometimes people they go to church and they just they go oh, I got to do this when I go to church but you can do it by by yourself if you have to with your own crack, crackers and it, it doesn't matter some people say crackers, you got to have bread whatever remember they're just they're, they're just symbols grape juice you know they're just they're symbols of, of the real thing but it but and and our uh our act of doing these things it helps us to remember, but it also brings honor. And I believe Jesus, he loves it when we do it because he's like, Hey, my people, they remember me. They haven't forgotten about me, you know? And also it says that I can bring healing to your body. You know, it's also uh, a way of bringing like physical healing into your body. You know, if you, if you do that, I heard people have actually been healed of like different autoimmune diseases or things like that from doing that. So,
1: Yeah, there's a a lot of stuff in in communion and taking communion. Because it's not just, it's obedience. Take this in remembrance of me and what he did. So when you take communion, you're thinking of how he walked when he was on the earth and how he was treated and mistreated and how he gave himself up for us. So it is very powerful. I think a lot of us, when we are, um, when we go to church, we tend to take it for granted. I know, like the Catholics take it every single mass. You know, yeah. and I think if you do it too often, you could just take it for granted.
0: And I, I so. think that is that is that does is people get as easy for many people to do many things religiously like a lot of people they i believe some people actually start off going to church really believers and sold out and not saying they're not sold out now or not saying that they don't believe but then they get stuck and going into those four walls and thinking that's it and they just go to church religiously and they take communion religiously and they kind of get stuck in some system you know um I mean, not everyone, I don't want to put everyone in the same box, but a lot of people do fall victim to that and then you have generations that go by of people and then they think oh, because my family was going to this then I'm and I'm automatically that but it ain't about that, it's about like you say, personal fellowship with the father. So that's things that we should should not forget and we should not get stuck being into religious things, even that's what it says in Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17, you know, um, know about being, see being stuck in religious we you know, or being very, very religious, like the Pharisees and Sadducees, we don't want to end up like that, so, it's, no. it's always like, each, each day we should worship the Father in a way that this, uh, that we know that we are worshiping Him and not doing anything very religious or traditional. I'm not saying that you can't sing see, the traditional hymns because I love any of the hymns or oh, the blood of Jesus. Um, even Jesus' other little children, I like that one too, you know, but they can become very, very, very religious. And it could be even a newer song, you know. It, it just depends on, basically, it depends on your heart. So.
1: Yeah, I like In the Garden and I like... um the holy, 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 I think is the name of it. Oh yeah.
0: Mm-hmm, I prefer yeah, the
1: mm-hmm. old hymn. Yeah. And I ha- I have trouble of, of appreciating the newer Christian music. I just do. It jangles my nerves, which is not <laughs> conducive to worshipping, you know, it <laughs> is not.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, Passover is powerful. It's also the head of the year, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I will. I'm gonna go and uh, close. Actually, yeah, I'll close in prayer. I believe actually next Friday is Good Friday. I think. I think next Friday is Good Friday. I, 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 I will uh, close in prayer Father We thank you for your gift, Grace and mercy We thank you for your Salvation Father Draw us towards you Father Draw us towards your love um, Help us not to forget Communion Your Passover To do these things And remember us Not to be religious And traditional Father Father Heal those who are listening Heal them in their minds Bodies and souls Father Protect them from harm And danger Father, Lord, strengthen them and encourage them with your word and your love. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Jameer. That was that was good. Um, like you were saying, a lot of people don't think of Passover as anything but Jewish. And there's so much more to it than that. So, thank you everybody for coming and have a blessed week. We'll see you next week.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I'll let you know about the, the topic. Give me a couple of days for that one.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. You have a blessed night, Jameer.
0: You too. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.